1: Hello everybody, I'm Dennis Prager and I'm with Julie Hartman and that's why it's called Dennis and Julie. There is no question this broadcast, podcast, show, program is unique. There's no doubt in my mind.
2: Mine either and we're on week 41.
1: That's right. By the way, is it brand new the music, or is it? Isn't didn't we use it last week?
2: We used it last week, but we didn't explain why there was n- new music. So I got a lot of emails from people saying, what? "WTF?" But without they the really
1: F. said that. <laughs> what and what did you what? What did you explain?
2: Well, we didn't explain it last week, so we'll explain it now. That apparently we have a trademark, or licensing problem with the music. Sean would be able to explain it better, but but we can't <laughs> use it um without getting it approved there,
1: there was a time where you had i think it was called fair use mm-hmm. if you use something for like a minute you you didn't need copyright permission the deterioration of america th- through lawsuits it's it's the unspoken curse in in, in modern america in, in contemporary america of the last 50 years the lack of spontaneity, the lack of common sense, we used a theme for 30 seconds, and, and the lawyers at, at our syndicator are afraid we'll be sued. I don't think they're right. I think the lawsuit would be laughed at by just about any judge.
2: Maybe not anymore, though, and especially because we're conservative. I mean, I have a pretty cynical view about these things. They may try to just put up roadblocks unnecessarily for us.
1: Okay, well, whether it would be politically inspired or legally inspired, independent of politics...
2: I agree with you totally about the the legal profession.
1: The license we have to use applies to terrestrial radio, so my AM stations, but not to what? To television. To television.
2: It's ridiculous. Okay,
1: anyway, that's why, but we want to...
2: We're going to fight to get it back. No,
1: no, no. But we're, this is a lovely theme. It
2: is a lovely theme, I'm, yes. I'm
1: very happy with it.
2: It was made just for us by one of our call screeners' husbands.
1: Right. Husbands,
2: I said it plural. Like, she has multiple. She has one, just to clarify. And
1: what is his name? Because I know him, and I'm... That's right. Richard Friedman. Thank you, He is you, a great Richard. composer. Yeah, absolutely. So, I have a super serious opening, because it's it's... I'll tell you how much it's hounded me. I go to sleep with a completely clear mind.
2: I know you do. I I envy you. My
1: my most worrisome thought when I go to bed is, what can I do to improve my audio system? Okay? Or is there a new lens out for my camera? That's what I go to bed thinking about. But not last night, because the night before, I learned that... That day, two days ago, uh, a very, very beloved relative of mine, uh, my cousin Dr. Shallow Mailer in New Jersey, his wife drowned in, in, Florida. A, in a bay. She's a great swimmer. She's in great shape in her 50s. I mean, she's a young woman. And it just, uh, it is hard To shake me up. It's really hard. I take things in stride. I'll tell you how much it affected me. Last night, that's the night, the second night, I went to bed and I was in twilight and I thought, oh, I dreamt that. That that...
2: happens to me a lot. Yes. Really? Oh, yes. About good things and bad things. I think that I dreamt it.
1: Yeah. I've never had that. But you, you say you do, obviously. I have it frequently. Yes. Even for good things?
2: Yes. Well, also just for, for weird things. Like the other day I had a dream that my sister was married to someone other than her husband. And when I woke up, I'm not kidding, for the first 10 minutes I thought it was
1: true. Of course, that's true. And then I went, oh, wait, yes.
2: no, that's not true.
1: Right. So anyway, uh, I you raised... You thought you dreamt it. Yeah, so I raised this because I wanted to make... Uh, First of all, her name was Elaine Mailer. She was a princess of a human being. A phenomenal wife, a phenomenal mother, phenomenal worker. Her company loved her. She, she was just one of these gifts in the world. So I wish they, they would perform an autopsy. Orthodox Jews generally don't allow for autopsies. Really? Yeah, Why? Yeah, I know you wouldn't know that. The, the theory and I have respect for it, but I, I still think it's too strict, is that the, the, the human body, even dead, deserves respect and and should, should not be mutilated in any way. In Israel, after terror attacks, for example, there are special Orthodox Jewish groups that go and they find an arm, a hand, a leg, to bury them properly. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting?
2: That makes sense. You know, I, I've thought for most of my life it's a really grisly thing to be autopsied or to be cremated. I just feel like it's...
1: Yeah, I'm not for cremation. It, I, I, I it disrespects
2: the dignity of the body, well, in my view.
1: yeah. Well, their argument, and it's not silly, is why is it disrespectful to cremate the body... But not to but, bury it in a Well, robs. yeah, but not to have... You know, gnats, no or, or... Right. I mean, yes. You know, so, Either so, way, it's grisly. But right. But but uh, I'm with you. Uh, and but it doesn't make sense that a woman who was very fit and is a, a proficient swimmer in a bay—it's not mm-hmm. the, even the ocean. There, there were no. There's no current. There are no waves, and and she drowned.
2: People. I mean, yes. It does seem she a bit. Probably odd. had a heart attack. Or a leg cramp. I mean, and I know from being a swimmer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I played water polo, I remember there was one time in a game where I was swimming down to the goal with the ball. And all of a sudden, it felt like my leg just snapped, like my calf snapped. And I I lost control of the ball and just grabbed it. It hurt so badly. And the ref stopped the game. And I've, I mean, it's never happened to me before. And I was convinced that... I, like, broke a bone or something. Literally, I thought my leg snapped in half. And it was a cripplingly painful leg cramp. Yeah, so that can it happen. It
1: doesn't sound terrible cramps, but they can be terrible.
2: Oh, my God. Especially when you're swimming. And, yeah. you, need, you you know, you need to have full control of, of your limbs. No kidding. So, yeah. So well, that, I, that could I, have just happened.
1: To go from the the sublime to the less sublime, it's not ridiculous, but I have great respect for water polo players. I can't believe what you guys do.
2: You have no idea. I, I'm sure I, I'm <laughs> sure
1: I don't. I, I'm sure I don't.
2: It is really, yeah. really uh Anyway, I, I just want to,
1: before I leave that topic, I just want to note, I raised it in part, A, because it's preoccupying me, but B, because the fragility of life. She went down with colleagues For a couple of days to Florida, she lived in New Jersey. Oh. And and they rented a yacht for the day, went into the bay, and they all went swimming. It's like unbelievable that it would happen. It's like if if you hear someone's killed by a drunk driver, it's horrible, but you understand it.
2: Right. I, I mean, I do understand it because... Swimming is a different ball game than other things. I you can be a really good and my mom tells me this all the time because she knows I'm a good swimmer, but she reminds me whenever I'm in a pool or when I'm in the ocean, always be careful, make sure that you've people around you, make sure if you're in the ocean there's a lifeguard. Yeah, guard. she
1: went ahead of everybody. She mm. swam ahead of everyone.
2: I don't I don't even do that and I am a competent swimmer because
1: By the way, I think people would find it interesting. Give a brief summary of your competent swimming. Oh gosh, you're I'm... more than a competent swimmer. You you were a, a statewide. I was champion.
2: Well, it's it's funny because um, I there was this thing at Harvard where I think your junior year you can read the admissions notes that people gave for you, like the the way that they yeah. annotated your application, right? And. Obviously, part of my application, when they ask you for your extracurricular activities, I would put that I was a swimmer and then I put my events and my swim times. And so my junior year, I decided to take advantage of this offering and, and look at the application and the the admissions people's annotations. And on the part of my application where I talked about swimming, one of the admissions people wrote, uh, what a humble girl she is. We, we looked it up, and she's like the second fastest freestyler in all of L.A. County, and she didn't even put that on her application.
1: Why didn't you?
2: Well, I didn't know, so I
1: had oh, no idea.
2: Funny. So I was sitting there reading, and I'm like, I, I was the second fastest, whatever it was, free, freestyler in that event in Los Angeles. It was news to me.
1: So by the way, is that what you did, freestyle?
2: Yes, sprint, sprint freestyle.
1: What is most determinative of whether you win? Because it's all within split seconds. So is it mm. you jumped exactly at the gun? Is it the turnaround at the other end? What what distinguishes a champion from the guy in fourth place?
2: You ha- I mean, obviously you have to be a competent swimmer, and you need to be able to swim fast once you're in the water. But the way that you win as a sprinter is that you need to master the details so it's it's a very good point that you raised i worked so much on my dive because right when you hear the the beep go off you got to get off the block you can't wait a second you got to dive into the water immediately on your flip turns i remember they said you have to be very tight with your streamline like you can't you know Loose with it because then it will, and
1: and you're underwater.
2: And you're underwater. Also, a big thing is you shouldn't breathe that much, which made sprinting really hard. When I did the 50 I freestyle, you're supposed
1: to breathe every time your face comes out of the water, which is every stroke. Oh
2: no! I i my coach will get mad at me for breathing because he, it slows so he, you down. He
1: or she wanted you to keep your face in the water.
2: Oh yeah, it makes you faster. So when I would do two laps oh, of that swimming, makes sense. my yes. coach would say you can breathe one time per lap. No. In the whole event, the two laps, one time you can breathe. You're kidding me. No wonder I hated swimming. People ask me why I hated it. You can't breathe. You can't talk to anyone. You stay at the, stay, or excuse me, at the bottom of the pool. Like, it's I would incredibly countess- physically it's, difficult. It's terrible. Sorry to people who like swimming. I didn't enjoy it
1: competitively. So that, by the way, that does raise an interesting question. Did your colleagues like it?
2: My colleagues, my I don't teammates. Know teammates, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You've been in the professional
1: world I for way right too you're long. You're entirely right.
2: My teammates, I don't know. I mean, I would say that most of them didn't, but I was in another category. I hated it. I just, I, I loathed it. It was like, I would. Be in the car driving to practice and I would get this knot in my stomach. Like, That's how
1: I feel before my workouts.
2: I know it is. I can I can relate to your feeling a lot. <laughs> I had good coaches and I had good teammates, but it's so it's so monotonous and it's physically extremely uncomfortable. And I felt like it was just I prefer team sports.
1: By the way, who's so in the is, is a tall, a swimmer at an advantage
2: i mean i would imagine i would suspect that tall people are have an advantage in every sport so yes but well they
1: don't in, as a jockey in, in horse racing
2: true and maybe sport. not as a wrestler um i thought i don't know yeah i don't know but but so i think they did but really it comes from could your athletic ability you
1: do every stroke could you do the breaststroke? I Can could do, do the, the butterfly.
2: I could do every stroke, but you specialize when you Why get to did a you certain specialize? level. Because you want to get, you want to be the best at your event. And that's so what you were best at. I was best at sprint freestyle. Did you freestyle? ever do the butterfly? Um, as punishment during practice, when I would mess up on a set, they would have me do 10 laps of butterfly. Strict 10 laps? Oh, sometimes 20. Oh, yeah. If you m- messed up on a set, if you, you know,
1: they told you to do... Very few human beings can do 10 laps of the oh. butterfly. But oh, most yes. people can't <laughs> do one lap.
2: I had to sometimes do 20 when I messed so, up. So
1: your your muscular development must have been incredible.
2: To, yes.
1: T- just to be able to do the, the butterfly. Forget the freestyle. You
2: know, it's it's interesting that you say that because I was getting a physical about two weeks ago. And one of the things that I said to my doctor was... Even when I go through periods of not exercising and eating a lot, there's an upper limit that my weight reaches and it won't go over that limit. Whereas other people if they don't exercise or or if they eat a lot, they will continue to gain weight, you know, in a ceaseless upward trajectory. And she actually said to me, that is your situation, Julie, is not uncommon for people who were athletes at a young age and especially elite athletes because I, again, I don't know the proper medical terms. So something about my muscular development and my metabolism has, I guess, served me well later in life because it means that I don't g- gain a lot of weight all at once. Water
1: races in. So there's butterfly, breaststroke, freestyle, and backstroke, and backstroke. Mm-hmm. And so the back is like a back, a back crawl.
2: Oh yes, yes.
1: Not 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 a backstroke like this. Yes, a with back. Your arms. Yes, yeah, go. So there's no side stroke. Did you ever did you ever learn a side stroke? Do you even know what, what I'm talking about? What is about? side stroke? You're on your side.
2: There is no side stroke. Oh,
1: that's funny, because when I was a kid we were taught the side stroke. It was called the side stroke.
2: That see, that sounds that was so my fun. F-
1: and that, that was it, it was my favorite. That by sounds far. so
2: fun because yes, you can keep pe- your head out of the water oh, and you can talk it, to that's people.
1: Exactly right. Well, I didn't talk to people, but you kept your head out of the water and you were basically in bed. You know, just lying on your side.
2: Yeah, trust me. That it was, away. That was not <laughs> that was not what we did in our Zoom practices. We want to thank our friends at Epic T V for sponsoring the show. Epic T V, which is spelled EPOCH, is a censorship free video platform with original news programs like Crossroads, The Larry Elder Show, Facts Matter, American Thought Leaders, and documentaries investigating critical issues that are not covered anywhere else. So, why do we trust the Epic Times? Because they're unbiased. They report on important news items that other media ignore. They focus on clear, fact based journalism without spin or hidden agendas. They are truthful. They report just the facts and trust their discerning viewers that's all of you to arrive at your own conclusions. They're resilient. Despite the attacks from many sides, defamation from other media, thugs burning their printing presses and assaulting their journalists, the Epic Times continues to dedicate themselves to reporting the truth. If you're looking for an unbiased, truthful, and resilient news source, check them out today. We have a special offer for our viewers. Just sign up and start watching. No credit card required. No strings attached. If you decide to subscribe within 14 days, it's just one dollar for two months. So go to watchepic.com slash Dennis and Julie and subscribe. That's watch slash Dennis and Julie. And be sure to read the article that I published about energy in the Epic Times last month, as well as Dennis's weekly column. We the the practices were so scheduled. I mean, I remember my coaches would say you have to be in the water at three o'clock. If you're in the water at three or one, you'll do twenty laps of of butterfly.
1: I don't know how you, you did to... twenty laps of butterfly. Did, oh, it was it was miserable. Oh, did a certain type become butterfly? Because that's the toughest, I think.
2: You know, it's interesting. I didn't pay attention. T- I'd have to think about that more if there were certain body types or because I always asked that
1: about orchestras. Like oh, who- that's interesting. Oh, oh, it fascinates. That's very interesting. Me. Oh, I. When I conduct orchestras, I have a whole thing, a series of things I do. People generally really love it, and they should. It, it, it's a lot of fun. I interview people in each section. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when I go over the oboists, I will say, are you out of your mind? And everyone in the orchestra knows why I ask the question. Nobody in the audience does, but everybody in the orchestra does, and because I conduct, I, I, I know the question. Because oboists that the it's called a double reed instrument so there are two thin reeds that make that you blow into as it were but it's more pressure than blowing and there you, if you watch any oboist you you will uh-huh. see their whole face gets red so all this pressure up in the brain they think that oboists are all out of their minds it's very funny and oboists are are not insulted if you ask them are you nuts <laughs> So, and, and people in the orchestra think trumpeters have a certain temperament, violinists wow. have a certain, it's very interesting, it's fun. It
2: is so, you know, I will say a lot of the swimmers who I encountered, it, it was very easy to make them laugh. Like I was the jokester on the team and I would make my teammates just crack up die laughing, you know, when we would get out of the pool or – and I thought for a long – and I noticed it, by the way, in school. You know, if one of my classmates happened to be a swimmer, I cracked a joke. She would laugh much easier than other people. And I spent a lot of time thinking about why. And I really think it's because when you spend all day staring at the bottom of a pool, you have a very low tolerance for or for humor. Right. Um, you know, like you – Anything, in other words, will crack you, you up. anything will yeah. crack you up. So if you ever want to feel funny, Me- get a group of swimmers. swimmers around you.
1: What was your timing? Do you remember any of your timings?
2: And yes, how many I how do. many
1: laps would you do?
2: So I would do uh so you do four events in a meet. Every swimmer c- can only do four events. So I would do the fifty freestyle individual. The how one many laps ha- is that? Two. The oh, so
1: that's a real sprint. I mean, that's,
2: that's... That's the one where you're not supposed to breathe. Only one time can you breathe.
1: And when is... One time... Any Your choice. Any time in the middle? Yes.
2: Well, I mean, they suggest towards the end because obviously that's when you're,
1: you're Most dying. depleted.
2: Most depleted, yes.
1: And so you that, have to keep your so head
2: straight, like looking at the bottom of the pool because if you, you turn your... You kept your eye open? Well I had goggles on yes. oh yeah
1: that's why right. you got goggles on
2: but you know what another thing
1: you cried into your goggles you told me
2: I would cry into my goggles yes when I was younger in swim practices I was so miserable doing that oh my god it's like
1: it is tempting to ask why you did it since you hated it so much but I won't <laughs> well
2: first no it's no you can ask whatever you want the first i'll I'll answer first by um the events thing and then I'll tell you why and then I want to go back to your cousin um mm-hmm because I I don't want to just zoom past it. No, that.
1: no, I, I moved on. It's okay. You don't have to.
2: No, but I, I do. All right, okay. I do have something to say about it, and also that's worth talking about more. We shouldn't just zoom past it. But so to answer your question about the events, I would do 50 freestyle, 100 freestyle, and then I would do relays. So two individual events, two relays.
1: And the relay is 50 each, each person? No,
2: it could be um, 100 yards or four laps each person. Or So I would do 50... Yard freestyle, it's two laps individual. 100-yard freestyle, four laps individual. And then I would do those two again for relays.
1: Okay. And – By the way, how many are in a relay? Four? Yes. Right. So is the fastest the first, the last, or it's irrelevant? Mm. How do they choose the order?
2: Interestingly, it's about – see, this is – it was so good that you brought this temperament thing up. They would choose it primarily on the temperament of the swimmer. So, the person who could handle the most pressure would go last in the relay. Oh, fascinating. Because so I would often go last really? in the relay. Yes, because my coach thought I could handle the most pressure. So, and it was, I mean, that is that is brutal because sometimes the the relays are also at the end of the meet. So, a lot of the times teams are vying for points. And the relays give you a lot of points. So when you're, a, when you're the final leg of a relay, and especially when it's a sprint relay and it gets down to the millisecond, it is, it is a lot of pressure.
1: I would think so. Do, does it, did it ever happen that you would think, um, I doubt if you would ever express it to a, a member of the team, oh, if only so-and-so had screwed up?
2: Oh, of course. And I'm really? sure people thought that of me, yes. Really?
1: Yeah. Do you ever say it?
2: No, I I would never say it.
1: Not you personally. Did anybody ever say it privately later? No, No, I think there was this uh, understanding of... And and blew it. If, if they wouldn't
2: say. They wouldn't say it in a gossipy way. They would say, "Well, you know, she was a bit slow on that leg of the race." But there was this understanding that swimming is such a hard sport; it's so much pressure. It goes down to the millisecond. You can't control everything. So, so people wouldn't get mad at one another. Oh, they didn't. No. Okay,
1: that's really what I was thinking. Yes. Did you ever inherit that your team was behind and win?
2: I think so. It's hard to remember now, yeah, that, but I'm sure that,
1: that's mind blowing. How about the other? <laughs> did you ever inherit the team was winning and lose.
2: Probably. <laughs> I, I mean, I, that's I,
1: got to be the worst.
2: <laughs> I swam for so long. That's I, where
1: it's in football terms. You have a, you have a, your team depends on your field goal to win, and you blow it.
2: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I I did that. I mean, it's, team
1: sports has a lot of pressure because because. The well, team indiv- relies on every one of you.
2: It's true, but I actually think a sport like swimming has more because it's individual within a team. Yeah. So it's really, you know, w- with an actual team sport like soccer, if someone made a bad pass, yes, they made a bad pass, but also there were defenders behind them that could have picked up the slack. So it is more of like a right. group blame. Yeah, you, but in swimming, is, you know uh-huh. who messed up.
1: Yes, you do. All right, so what did you want to add about the, my cousin?
2: Well, first of all, I want to say I'm sorry. I, I told you that off the air, but it's just. Yeah,
1: I know. Thank you.
2: It is so tragic.
1: Well, and- the tragedy is, it is so tragic. He, he you know, at, at 58 or whatever his age is, 59, 60, to be left, I mean, he loved her. I know this. He, Do
2: they have kids? Yeah, they have oh, terrific, oh, terrific
1: kids, by the way. How terrific. old? Early 20s.
2: Oh, God. I mean, Maybe. obviously I'm in my early... I can't imagine yeah. losing my mom. Oh, it, it, it.
1: that... Since we're on dark subjects, let me just tell you, when people speak about, let's say, Stalin killed you know, 20 to 40 million, All right, which is inconceivable to us. We can't conceive of a million anything. It's true. But people don't talk about... The residue, it, it, let's say it's, let's compromise at 30 million. Every one of the 30 million had friends and relatives. Yes. The The pain is so enormous, we we can't begin.
2: It's a little unrelated, but you'll see why I'm bringing it up. I One of the most powerful parts of your Torah commentary is when, you, I think Alan Dershowitz said it, Uh, You cited a quote that he gave or maybe it it was someone else who said, um, you know, how many of you they were speaking to a Jewish group and they said, how many of you in the audience, uh, you know, have a relative who was affected by the Holocaust? And maybe half of the audience raised their hands. And then I think this person said, you know, how many of you have relatives that had cancer or died prematurely or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And everyone in the audience raised their hand. And then that person said, can you imagine how many cures for cancer went up in flames, you know, Mm -hmm. in the gas chambers? In other words, it's not just that those people died and that their friends and family suffered. that's right. But
1: so many people are affected. The unknown catastrophes.
2: So the thing that I was going to bring up, because I struggle with this a bit, I mean, I'm I'm lucky that I haven't known a lot of people in my life who have died. The one that I can – I mean, obviously, my, I have grandparents who've died. But the sh- most shocking one was one of my mom's closest friends died when I was a senior in high school. And she had cancer. And it was just a really fast and terrible death. And she was just such a lovely woman. And it, re- it really shook me. And I remember that night that she died, I was just crying and crying and crying in my bed, And my mom said to me, and obviously my mom was devastated too because it was one of her best friends. And my mom said, you know, as horrible as it sounds, you're not going to feel this way forever, Julie. In time, it's going to hurt less. And it's true because now that I'm four or five years away, she died in 2018, it's 2022. I don't think about her as much. When I talk to you right now about her dying, Yes, I feel sad, but it's not the same pang that I had that night of, or that night of her death. And I have to tell you, I'm a bit uncomfortable with that. I know that it's normal that time. Oh
1: God! But it makes me similar. It makes me feel
2: awful because.
1: Right? Is it any less tragic four years later?
2: Yes. And am I a bad person for not absorbing the gravity? So there
1: is an answer. What is it? Well, first of all, you, you know that the tragedy remains a tragedy. Right. That, that's not lost. It's not like the pain is diminished, but the, the, the knowledge that it was tragic and sad has not diminished at all. Number two, if we didn't have that, we'd all be, we'd all be killing true. ourselves. Yeah. It's true. It, either God or nature has provided this mechanism. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I mean, I think of this a lot. You hear of, a, a, you, you hear of an air crash in, in let's say, uh, in, in Korea. And you know it's a tragedy. You know, 60 people on board killed, okay? But obviously, if, if it's in Chicago, you feel it more. And if it's in your city, you feel it more. And if it's people flying to your wedding, you feel it incredibly much that's the the way we're made and if we weren't made that way if every tragedy hit us equally we would all be suicidal we, we could not get out of bed so there there is same same the same with the numbers issue you know stalin said which is a very cynical uh point one death is a tragedy a million is a statistic have you ever heard that through you, a, through you. Okay, it's a very powerful statement and a very terrible statement, but there's truth to it.
2: Isn't it? I just want to pause for a minute and say I isn't it a bad thing that I never heard that quote prior to encountering your work?
1: It is a bad thing. Would, never heard it in school. Okay. I can give you 50 worse things.
2: I know. <laughs> The Gulag Archipelago. Well, did you know who
1: Pol Pot was?
2: I did because I went to Cambodia and I and, love and history. And how, how but...
1: many of your classmates at Harvard <laughs> heard of Pol Pot? Very few. Okay. How many of them heard of preferred pronouns? <laughs> okay, it's a rhetorical question. So it's really mind-boggling. What What do people learn? If you don't know about Pol Pot, then you have not learned contemporary history. The butcher of Cambodia. I mean, it's how many of them? Even how many of them know about the Rwandan genocide?
2: I actually have a story to tell you about that, but I want before I tell it because we go off on exit ramp so often. You were saying about the statistic uh, quote. No, so no, I didn't no, mean yes, to derail you. Yes, I only raised
1: it in that we, we have to have built-in protectors. Time is a built-in protector.
2: I heard you say that on your radio show that if we all had perfect empathy, we would
1: go to pieces.
2: I thought it was an excellent point. I'd like to introduce you to Monorail, America's investment app that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. Monorail is an investment and savings app that is made for patriots by patriots. It doesn't matter whether you're an Apple fan or if you prefer Android, Monorail is available in both environments and online at monorail.com. Monorail is safer for users with bank-level encryption and biometrics. Your money is protected with Monorail through the Security Investor Protection Corporation and the FDIC. No matter how you engage with Monorail, you're getting the security and the safety that you need, whether you're adding funds to your investment account, looking to buy a stock, or putting money aside for future purchases. With Monorail, you can put your money where it matters and utilize the economic power that built this country. Don't go somewhere else to trade stocks. Monorail gives you the freedom to purchase whole or fractional shares in companies that you believe in. It only takes five minutes to download the app and set it up. Join the pro-America money movement. Join Monorail.
1: It's very important. By the way, we don't have any empathy. We have sympathy. You you can't empathize with what you didn't go through. It's not possible. You think you can, but you can't. Uh, I know that, and I think about it a lot. People who have been tortured, and ever since I was in high school, I thought about people oh, tortured. It's,
2: I have nightmares about it. Oh, it,
1: it, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I, I think I know. I know your soul, uh, but I, I can't empathize with someone being tortured. I. I I can sympathize, painfully sympathize even but not empathize. Empathize means you know what they felt you don't mm-hmm. it's like I can't empathize with childbirth
2: you know i'll I'll tell you another thing in the realm of suffering that I struggle with, and maybe I shouldn't is well the first one is this this idea of um the gravity of the loss wearing off, that makes me uncomfortable. But also, you know, when I have nightmares about people being tortured, or when I think about other horrible things that have happened throughout history, I really want to get away from it. Like I try to do cognitive behavioral therapy and not in my brain to myself and not think about it. And then I feel guilty about not wanting to think about it. Right.
1: Because we I'm owe like, it to them.
2: We owe it to them to think about right. it. And there are obviously nowadays
1: so many people. That's why it's called Dennis and Julie. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I, I know your heart. I know your soul so well. M- most people, whether your age or mine, don't think that way. I owe it, which I feel. We do, yes. I I read so many books on the Holocaust, mostly because I felt I owed it to them, and the same with Gulag, and 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 I and I visited virtually every site of of the the genocides, including Cambodia, as you did.
2: Oh my God! It was it was just awful seeing the killing fields in Cambodia. It was yes, and especially you know in Cambodia.
1: By the way, these are all auto genocides. People don't realize that. Do you know the Holocaust? That's good point. Is, is almost the only genocide of the other. I mean there look I know these things pretty well. So the the Russian killing of the Ukrainians is the is is the other. Russians right. and Ukrainians right. are not the same. Uh the German of the Jews uh, is is uh, and the Hutus of the Tutsis. But Cambodia is completely their own. China is completely their own. Russia is completely their own. It, it's really the biggest with, with the exception of the Jews, the, the biggest genocides uh, were of their own. The Turks and the Armenians, another uh, right. it's a different one. But it, it's really astonishing when you think about it.
2: It is. I want to tell you before I forget about this Rwandan genocide story that I have. So I was in an Uber about a year or two ago, and... I love, as we've talked about in this program, I love chatting with Uber drivers and and getting to know them because I have curiosity, (laughs) unlike a lot of people these days. And so I said, you know, where are you from? And he said, Rwanda. And I said, oh, my gosh. You know, I said, I hope this isn't an impertinent question or or getting too personal, but I can imagine that you had family members who were involved in, in the genocide or perhaps, you know, you were. Because he said he immigrated like 10 years ago. And I said, I just want to ask you about that experience, if if you have a connection to it. And we were at a, st- a, a red light. And I'll never forget this. He turned around and he looked at me and he said, I have been an Uber driver for – he said he, again, came to America 10 years ago. I've been an Uber driver for six years and I've told – hundreds, perhaps thousands of people that I'm from Rwanda, and you are the first person to ask me about the genocide. That's what he said to me. He said, no one has asked me that before because no one knows about
1: it. I'm quiet because I have nothing to say because I so know this to be true.
2: People don't know. People – when I told my uh, friends that I was going to Cambodia – and by the way, I'm, I'm not trying to blame them. I didn't know about the Cambodian genocide until I was traveling there and did my research. But, but people don't know about that at all. And that, I mean, a third of the population died. And this was 50 years ago. That's right. But to your point, we know about pronouns.
1: <laughs> the, it's ridiculous. The education in this country, it's not possible to overstate how bad it is. That's my opinion. You're right. Uh, I would like to know, they'll be very interesting, how many kids are homeschooled through high school and can tell you about Rwanda. I'd be curious. I want to be fair in my critique. I know that they got a better education. I know that for a fact. But I still wonder if Cambodia and and the others are, are taught.
2: I used to be so against homeschooling the, the idea of homeschooling when I was younger because I thought, God, it must be so lonely. And now.
1: Well, they're not lonely. They're, they're, yeah, that, yeah that, that's a misconception. I totally understand the misconception. Right. They, have, they probably have more close friends than How? Than, uh, because they don't homeschool alone. Homeschool doesn't mean you're home all day alone. That's what people think. Oh, with my parents who were teaching me. First of all, most parents can't. I, I couldn't teach math, it would be absurd. I'm going to teach you algebra. I'm, I'm glad I didn't flunk it. This is kind of a revelation to me.
2: I, I was going to say that oh, I was yes. so against it, but now... Oh, no,
1: no, they're with other kids most of the time. Really? They go on trips around the world. I, I, I remember friends of mine, they homeschooled their kids. And I go, so you, you want to come over next week? I said, no, 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 we're taking the kids to England with their homeschool group. That is cool. That's what they do. Because so- they can do it.
2: So, can you explain? So, are there like online agencies that
1: that I know? I
2: really got to do my research on this. Yes,
1: and and they get together. They they are with others and some. So, for example, if I had a homeschooled kid, they might call on me to give talks on history, fine, or or politics or or religion. But uh, otherwise, you know, I I can't teach math. Uh, I can't teach science. They get somebody so they who can. Yeah. That's right. Or a parent or, or an outsource. Absolutely. But uh, my experience with homeschool kids is that they're polite. You know what they are? I'll tell you the thing that, that most hits me when I meet a homeschool kid. And it like hits me within 30 seconds. They're innocent. Oh. They're not cynical. Boy, that's hard to come by. Kids in schools are jaded. They're jaded at the age of six. and And they're... What? By the way, that's what premature sexualization does to a kid. It makes you jaded. There's nothing exciting anymore.
2: God, you're thinking, I know a lot of people who are jaded. Oh. And, and I'm 23. Yes.
1: No, 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 Your whole generation's jaded.
2: Every, almost everyone yes, is.
1: Yes. There's no question. I love the fact I was never naive, but I was innocent. And it, Me too. It, me too. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised.
2: I'm so grateful that I was. Yeah, I think it's made me a healthier, happier. Of person. course, it has. Oh gosh, Th- thank you, parents. Yeah, that's are, right. Are listening.
1: Well, it, you wouldn't be today if you were at high school. True. Robbing children of innocence is the job of of American schools right now.
2: I know I've said this on this program before, but it's really sad because I loved my high school when I was there. I mean, there were parts of it that. I wasn't crazy about, namely, that it was incredibly academically rigorous to the point of absurdity. But overall, I loved it. I loved my friends. I felt like I had phenomenal uh, instruction. Overall, it was a really great experience. And I, when I graduated on May 30th, 2018, I had every intention of being an involved alum and trying, you know, giving money, I mean, I can probably give like $10. But, you know, just over the years really trying to support the school. I got a uh, a letter in the mail about a week ago from my school soliciting a donation. And I wrote a note. I put it back in the envelope instead of a check. I put in a note and I mailed it back and I said just what I said to you. I loved my school and now I am so disappointed in it. It has changed so dramatically And I've only been out For five years I've told you this In many classes Homework doesn't count For a grade Participation doesn't count For a grade Because it's supposedly You know Terrible to force people To participate Because some people Don't feel comfortable They teach this radical You know Gender and, and racial stuff They They have these healing rooms where if you feel offended or slighted, you get to go to a healing room and like light candles and sing Kumbaya. It's insane. The stuff that I've heard is insane. And it's so weird, Dennis, because it is unrecognizable from the school that I went to.
1: Is the principal a female? Yes. Are most of the teachers?
2: Yes. But but that was the case when I was there, and it was not this bad. That, that's correct. Another thing is that in many classes you can retake tests. Let me tell you something. If if we had like a little fairy come to us in during the time that I was at the school and say, in five years from now students will be able to retake tests, we would have laughed. We would have. I mean, it would it would have been inconceivable. So anyway, I wrote that in the note and retake I mailed it back tests. to them.
1: That's amazing.
2: Retake mean. tests.
1: What? Because you didn't do well.
2: Yes, because sure. you didn't do well. And it's equity so, uh, to allow and, people and, to retake and tests. And you need a healing room. Oh when I was at the school, and, by, and again, I'm grateful for this. It's made me so much a more competent, better worker, adult person. When I took tests at that school, you were done. If the period was done at 2 o'clock and you were you know, still writing, they would like pry the test out of your hands. They were strict. They were really strict. And I'm so grateful because – now doing this job which requires a lot of research and deadlines like I I know I can handle it I can't imagine what people you know young students are learning they're just going to be crippled later in life
1: well it's a very interesting question in the land of the blind the one-sided man the one-eyed man is king so if nobody has standards that they have to meet how why are you crippled the society will be crippled.
2: Yeah. Well, but, it's
1: but none none of you were competent, so everybody's equally incompetent.
2: It's it's a good point because I I remember someone saying to me, "Oh, you know, real life is going to hit people in the face when they graduate from these schools and have to go into the workforce." That and was my, true. That was true, but now it's not because a lot of the real workplaces life em- adopt college. this stuff. That's yes, correct. So,
1: well. United Airlines announced a year ago it's reserving half of its spaces in uh, in flight school to women, either women alone or women in minorities. So they acknowledge we're not accepting candidates based on ability. We're, so whereas right now, and you know how much I fly, almost every week of the year, I don't give a damn if the pilot is a female. But five years from now, I will.
2: I have to tell you, Dennis, it's a really depressing thought, and I kind of can't believe I'm saying it. I have really started to fear that I am going to see the demise and the downfall of the United States in my lifetime. I don't know if it's going to be around when I'm 40 or That's 50. Right, I know. If we keep going down this road, well, it will not. If
1: we keep going down this road, there will be two United States.
2: Can you believe, like, I think, and by the way, I'm not trying to pity myself. I was born into a incredible situation compared to 99% of other people in the world. But isn't it weird that to think, like, this is the time in history that I was born? Yes,
1: yes, I feel for you. I, I, I've i raised this with you before. I don't know who I feel more for, me or yes, you. I know. If you've seen America at its best, as I, I have all of my life, and then you see this; it's very distressing. On the other hand, if you just have a future that's bleak, it's also very distressing. I, I, it's bad. It's bad, no matter what. And, and it's all—it's it, all auto homicide. I won't say suicide. It's all contrived. It's all contrived. So much yes. of
2: this is contrived, and that's, that's the, right. You know, one of the things that I'm trying to do a you know, for my show and, and for the, the benefit of the viewer, but also just for my, my own intellectual enrichment, is to read more about the demise and downfall of the Roman Empire, because there seemed to be, from from the very little that I know, there seemed to be parallels. The Roman Empire embraced this decadent culture. Uh, moral relativism took took over. Sort of eerie similarities where they let their standards disintegrate they let their population kind of run wild do whatever they want i i want to do some comparisons on my show of other civilizations that have collapsed and and see if there are some some overlaps
1: it's a very uh very <laughs> sad topic
2: i thought you were gonna say it's a very me topic <laughs> to go back and
1: well it's read to your credit history books well it, it truly is so you got uh, a message
2: Yes, I do. I want to tell you about Lear Capital. You are not the only one who has lost money this year. With the current economic volatility, we have all got to find a way to protect our finances and retirement. That's why you should consider adding Lear Capital to your retirement as we're all looking for stable investments. Did you know that you can add physical gold and silver into your IRA or 401k? If you want to learn more, call Lear today and ask about the Lear Advantage IRA. You can transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold tax-free and penalty-free account. And to sweeten the deal, Lear is offering free shipping on every purchase and up to $15,000 in bonus silver to every qualified client. Call for details at 1-800-260-5075. You can get a free precious metals investor guide and work with the top rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near perfect rating on Trustpilot. Lear Capital is the gold standard in precious metals investing and has over $3 billion in trusted transactions with over 650,000 happy customers in the 25 years they've been in business. So call 1-800-260-5075 to get your free kit. See how gold is performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, and even wars, and you will see that gold has often been that financial bedrock asset in portfolios. And what I really love about Lier is that they're an American-owned company, proud to do business with conservatives who share our values. So write this number down and give them a call today. One eight hundred two six zero fifty seventy five. That's one eight hundred two six zero fifty seventy five. One eight hundred two six zero fifty seventy five. And if you don't want to call, you can simply go to Lear Capital. That's L E A R LearCapital dot com. If I were you, if I were you, I'd go.
1: That's right. That that is how I end every ad read to let. That's a service to Sean to let him know that the ad is Oops. over. You very know.
2: serious show we do here
1: it is it is actually <laughs> it is it so is. i got a heavy duty question based on the opening issue of the this sudden terrible death of my cousin and so i'm thinking i think about this it's fascinating so you are very atypical you think about genocide for example okay So when I said life is fleeting at 23 does that make sense?
2: Of course, yes. Oh, definitely.
1: So when people say I have an answer to this but I'm, I'm much more interested in yours young people they don't intellectually believe it everybody knows they'll die but basically a young person's psychological makeup is that they're immortal. Do you have that?
2: I do. I don't think about my death. I'm sure I will later in life, but I do think a lot about my parents' deaths and frankly your death and other people who I love who are above the age of 50.
1: Right, which makes perfect sense. That, by the way, is the biggest difference, is the... uh, the amount you think of death, and I'm not being dark or, or even even sad. It's just it's inevitable. At I, you I mean, as I re- you get older, yeah, yeah. because I re- I remember that's what I would have said. Although I knew I could die, and I I, I, I took risks, but I didn't take silly risks. Uh, I I still I had the sense I have I have all these years to live. That this and and every young person should think that. So here is. This is what you can't know, although you will understand it when I say it. So when you think 50 years from now, it seems so long as to be, be almost inconceivable. 50 years from now, give me a break. I'm, five years from now is, is a big deal. But if you think 50 years ago, it's like that it's a good point oh well it's a point you would not know on your own you couldn't but it drive it it doesn't drive me crazy it fascinates me yes 50 years from now is forever right 50 years ago is yesterday
2: i think of the 80s and 90s as i mean again it sounds weird to say because i was born in 99 so i never lived in in that time but when people refer to it i think like oh it was relatively recent but it's not
1: Oh, that is interesting. Well, I didn't think you would think that. Because Isn't
2: that what you're saying?
1: No, no. Um, you don't have a go as much as because you haven't lived it. You have an ago right. for society. Hmm. You don't have an ago for you.
2: I tend to think of the '80s and '90s as well.
1: I, you see, that's I say, odd oh, to me. It was recently, because, but it was 50 if, if years I ago. If I thought of the '40s and, and and '30s, they sounded very, very long ago to me. Mm. When I was your age, I
2: mean, I guess in some ways they seem long ago, but be, I mean, because the wokeism didn't exist.
1: But, well, they were yes, but that's my point true. is,
2: when people talk about the eighties, I think it was like fifteen years ago or twenty years ago. Oh, that
1: is no, that's it's weird for me yes. to think
2: that was nineteen eighty was forty
1: two years ago. Right, but that's a different point from mine. In your own life, fifty years from now is is beyond oh for contemplation. sure. Oh, yeah. I remember thinking when I was in high school, wow, I'll probably be alive in the year 2000. How old will I be? And then I go, oh, my God, that is so far from now. That is, And then 2000 came. And went. And went. <laughs> and now
2: it's 22 years it, past then. It,
1: time is a very eerie thing.
2: So this actually dovetails nicely with what I brought up a few minutes ago, that I really do fear that I will see the demise of yeah, this country in that's my lifetime. Right, you could. So, when you just asked me about death, I obsess to, about my parents' death, which is, deaths, I should say, which I know isn't healthy, but it really scares me. I say to them often, I go, don't die, don't die, because I'm so afraid. But, I answered that I don't think about my death, and that's true, but I I actually have been thinking about it more because of this idea that I have that I will see the collapse of America if this continues. And by the way, I just want to make clear, as you say all the time, this will not impede my will to fight.
1: Correct. I am dedicating my life to fighting. Correct.
2: And in fact, not only will it not impede my will to fight, it, it... redoubles my motivation right. to That's
1: the healthy response.
2: Yes. So I just want to make that clear to the listeners that yes, I'm I'm afraid, but I'm not discouraged and I'm not in despair. I'm going to charge forward. But I do I do think about my death a little bit more in that context because if we descend into a civil war or if China attacks us, I mean I you know I do so much reading on China on on my show Timeless I talk about China probably every episode and they are really coming for us in every way. I mean, they are so much more technologically skilled than we are. They have a – I just wrote an article about how they have a more robust military than we do now. We used to have the top military in the world. They've surpassed us. They have all of these crazy ways of spying on us through TikTok, through drones, through artificial intelligence. And I do fear that one day they will attack us or we will face a really – Imminent threat from them, and well, so they, I think about my death so in that he, way.
1: Here's the sad uh, part: since we decided to, <laughs> to discuss <laughs> to sadness, I, I don't see China attacking us. I see China assuming we're going to commit suicide.
2: True. They're right now. They're I think all they have to do,
1: do is prepare the funeral. Funeral.
2: That is true, but they are also trying to hasten. Hasten?
1: No, hasten. Good.
2: I always get self-conscious when I say words on this
1: broadcast. Well, it's because... very rare for you. Uh, there are people who say, given the T issue in the word, yes, yeah, people there say often, and some say often.
2: Which one is? Uh, it's
1: often, but but uh, oh. anyway, I've heard often a lot. I I've think... heard often often.
2: There you go. I I do think China is trying to expedite. The process though, because look at what they're doing with fentanyl. They make and create fentanyl and they're selling it to the Mexican drug cartels who are funneling it across our border. They know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to kill American citizens and they're succeeding. As we know, it's the number one cause of death for 18 to 45. It's a
1: form of suicide. It's homicide and suicide. Right.
2: But I I agree with, with your overall sentiment that as sad as it is, they don't even need to do they that much because yes. we are self-destructing.
1: Well, we're destroying our military uh, uh, under, the, uh, under the left-wing regime that we have in the United States. It's become woke. That's why no, so few people are enlisting.
2: We're, I mean, it, it, it was destroying her- everything. It,
1: it was very often the best would, would enroll, would enlist. They wanted to serve their country. They, they wanted to fight for it. You, you don't have that nearly as much now. I mean, the, the that uh, the head of the military, the, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, would say in Congress, "We, we have to teach white supremacy <laughs> to our to our uh, sailors and and marines and and, and soldiers and, and and air cadets." I mean, it's beyond belief.
2: It, it really is beyond belief, and and like my school. It took such a turn.
1: Yes, it's ra- the rapidity.
2: It's it, very it's eerie. Yes.
1: Well, it's like what... they say, there's an old saying about somebody who becomes a star at, let's say, 40. He, what was it? Uh, he, he, he's an overnight star after 20 years. In other words, you, you heard about him just now. Right. But he's been working at it for 20 years. The left has been working at destroying the country. That's true for for, for a century.
2: That is that so is true. So it's
1: finally they're like an overnight sensation now.
2: I was recently reading William F. Buckley's "God and Man at Yale." Didn't you read that recently? I just, yeah,
1: but that, it
2: shows you that the rot went. That's back. right.
1: That's exactly correct. I
2: was I was kind of stunned as yeah. to some of the well, things you talking about. Well, as I keep about, telling people, when
1: I was at graduate school at Columbia in the seventies, I learned men and women were basically the same. I learned that the U.S. and the Soviet Union were just two superpowers in, 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 in like uh, like two scorpions in a bottle. I remember the analogy that they gave. They're two superpower scorpions in a bottle and oh that, that's what i learned at, at at the at the school of international There's moral affairs between that's the united correct. states it and russia correct it was Washington. not freedom Great. versus tyranny it was two superpowers battling for hegemony mm. so it it's worse today i mean they would they would not have said then i don't know if you heard this i reported it on my show a a lesbian a lesbian in norway is being charged with a with hate, hate speech, which is a crime in Norway. It will be here. Just it give will it time. be here, and she could go to prison for three years. You know what she said? Men cannot be lesbians. Really? Yes.
2: Oh my God.
1: Yes, it's worthy of an oh my God. Which reminds me, you got some uh, comment about saying God? Oh
2: gosh. See, I just said, oh gosh, instead of oh God. Yes. My Pillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases for only $9.98 and rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more, all with the biggest discounts of the year happening now. My pillow is also extending their money back guarantee for Christmas until March first twenty twenty three making them a great gift for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Hartman, that's spelled H-A-R-T-M-A-N, or call 1-800-566-6745, and you'll get big discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. And get all your shopping done now while quantities last. So Sean brought it to my attention before the show that there were some listeners who commented on my use of God when I say, oh my God, on the broadcast.
1: And you had a response to that. I do. I have been contacted for 40 years. First by letter, when that's the only way people can contact you. Then by email. Wow. And uh, Dennis, love you and love what you say, but... You use god's name in vain too much, you will say, "Oh my God" to a caller who says something so i have uh, I have thought this thing through more than most people in a nutshell first of all, God is not god's name okay God's name is Yahweh or Jehovah, however you wish to pronounce it so it, god is is the english noun or pronoun but now really personal noun for for god but it's not god's name more relevant or more deep though that is that is an issue more deep is this and it's in my rational bible when i explain the commandment do not take the, the name of the lord thy god in vain and i have a very long explanation and i I wish people would read it. I'm going to have you say a word about the Rational Bible since it's Hanukkah and Christmas time, and, and you don't know this. I'm just going to ask you to do it. Nobody Anytime, could do. It. Nobody could do it like you. Anytime. But, but I just want to explain. Fascinatingly, it is the only commandment God says He will not forgive. So either God has a very skewed moral sense, because if people are right. You, if you say, "Oh my God, did you see that pitch at a baseball game?" or "Oh my God, what a tough day at the office," God won't forgive that, but He will forgive murder and 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 theft yes. and perjury. That He'll forgive, but not "Oh my God, what what a home run!" <laughs> People don't apply common sense. To, to religion. It's one of the reasons religion does not appeal to a lot of people. It doesn't seem that it's sensical. That's why I call my, my books The Rational it's Bible. Just about and it that. drives me out of my mind when people do that. It, it, it's the only commandment that says God will not forgive. So it can't mean if you say, oh my God. It can't mean. And the Hebrew doesn't say, do not take. It says, do not carry. Do not carry God's name in vain. Who carries God's name in vain? People who do the opposite of what God wants, but they do it in God's name. Mm -hmm. People who do evil in God's name. It's the only group that God won't forgive. God will forgive an atheist who murders sooner than he will forgive a person who murders in God's name. That's what that commandment is about.
2: Dennis, you're doing the job for me. I mean, I am happy to say (laughs) something about the rational Bible whenever you want me to. But what you just said here is what I tell people all the time that, you know, growing up, I didn't really know a lot about religion. And I had an idea that it was kind of this mystical universe where things didn't make a lot of sense. And reading your commentary, you make everything make sense. You tr- yes, and, and Everything. Everything. And, and even the things that don't make sense, you, you, you explain why they don't make sense and why it's valuable that they don't make sense. So you make the nonsensical sensical. Right. We talked on this broadcast, I believe, last time. I, I commented that so many people nowadays need to have absolute certainty about things. They need to have a scientific proof or perfect logic to prove something. And I said that's a very – that's a tragic thing because you lose some of the magic in life. Like I I said last time, I love that we don't know for certain that God is real because that makes us better people, and I think it makes our lives richer having that mystery. And so anyway, that's just an example of that's something that you can't make perfect sense of, but you explain – why that nonsensical part is there?
1: So let me just say it's a great comic or Christmas gift. Oh, it is. It'll uh, change people. I pur- lives. I
2: don't know if I even told you I have purchased it for uh, Christmas really? gifts. Yes. Well, now I now I just gave it away for the people who are well, <laughs> in my won't. life watching. Uh
1: huh. And she didn't even get a special rate.
2: <laughs> no, I just, didn't. Just
1: but but I would sign them for them if you want.
2: Well, y- you've been very generous with that in the past. Well, I'm and-
1: generous. Okay.
2: And also, I mean, it's a, I, I think I've said this before, but it's worth saying a million times. I ordered the Rational Bible to buff up on history. I thought, you know, it's, it's bad that I don't know anything about this work. And just to be an informed citizen, I should read this and understand the foundation of our received wisdom. Reading the Rational Bible helped me understand that. But you also made me religious. And that I wasn't going in expecting. You made it so powerful, so understandable, and so fun to read. That's the other thing about your book. It's really fun. Your language is incredibly clear. You explain everything in a riveting way that you don't, you kind of learn by accident. And you, you made me religious. And that really is the best gift that you've given me in my entire life.
1: I don't know what to say. It, it means the world to me. I look at it that God or life, you never know. I, I, I people who attribute things to God without question I envy them and and I'm I, I, I don't it's not my style. I, I don't know what God has done in my life. I don't know. I can believe, but I don't know. So I'll say either God or life has made it possible for me not to depend on book writing for an income. It's done out of idealism. My books have, have been bestsellers, it's true, but that's not why I wrote them. And certainly not a Bible commentary, as my, my f- favorite line, nobody writes a Commentary on Deuteronomy to get wealthy. Okay. <laughs> M- most Americans never heard of Deuteronomy. And, and, that, and that's my latest. Uh, so, but, but if I've touched you, this is a compliment. It's rare. Usually, when you think I'm complimenting you, I'm merely stating the obvious. But this, I don't this, think this that. okay, I know you don't. <laughs> this is a compliment. If I only did that to you, it was worth all the work. You don't have to say a word because you're you're sort of going to blush.
2: <laughs> I am blushing. No, you've said that to me before. Well, it's no, really I, I, I mean,
1: you, and I believe that. It, it, it anyway that we don't have to dwell. And on I,
2: that. I, and I know I've said this before, but I think so much about. I mean, talk about the hand of God. I, I was really lucky that. I happened to discover you at the time that I was having curiosity about religion and that your Bible commentary was my first swing at this. In other words, I had a blank slate and, and your That's work right. was the first thing to fill that slate. What if I had a bad slate? That, yes, you know? which
1: is very common. Which
2: is very common. It, it, not yes. that they
1: are bad, that they don't, they, they're not convincing. They don't make right. much sense. They rely on faith. Uh, yes, it, that could easily have happened. But I need to say this to you, because people come over to me a lot, obviously. And a common line is, I just want you to know, Dennis, you've changed my life. And I'm very touched by that, and that's what I want to do. I'm, that's why I've, I've always felt I'm on earth, is to change people's lives for the better. So I'm very touched, and I move on you know, to my gate, imagining this is at an airport.
2: Which you are at a lot. Yes. <laughs>
1: But this is the interesting thing. Sometimes if I have time with that person, I will explain, I did change your life, but you get 50% of the credit.
2: I love it when you say that. Because it's true. It's true. It is true. I'll take it. Yeah. Maybe I get 30. I don't no, know, if I no, get 50. No, no, you get 50.
1: You get no, no, you get 50. You you had to be receptive to logic. You had to be receptive to changing your mind you had to be receptive to challenging pre, uh, uh, predispositions that you had things that you had thought of earlier
2: see this just i feel like every episode we come back to this and it's it's very telling that we do i'm not i'm not lamenting that we do i'm i i think it's a great thing but i will accept that i get some of the credit but it goes back to this nature argument I just I was just born that way. oh I know that you know I I just
1: is a very tough issue
2: it is tough I know you
1: know how much I struggle with it
2: I I don't want to sell myself short but
1: I'm reading a book now the Wall Street Journal had a review this is it and and the review just riveted me so I'm virtually finished with it. it it is a book I don't even know the name I'm just reading it and the
2: book or the review
1: no I don't the book I don't remember the name oh, of the okay. book. I'm reading a book it, you know it's hundreds of pages and I don't even know the name anyway, it doesn't matter well it does matter because I'd like you it, with the to names know it, Yeah, it's me and you me. right yeah and it's about a guy it's a, it's a ter- terrible story it's about a young Canadian couple visiting Seattle from British Columbia right over the border just to have a night on the town so to speak go to Seattle and uh he was brutally murdered they were 17 and 18 years old he was brutally murdered and she was raped and murdered horrible horrible story no one was ever found for 35 or 40 years it it, it happened in in, in, so 35 years let's see it happened in 1987 and now thanks to DNA not just DNA DNA Thanks to DNA of finding family members, they, they can now, like 23 and Me and that sort of stuff, they, they can find your relatives. It, 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 I can't fully explain it, but it is remarkable. So that has led to the capture of a lot of people in cold cases where they gave up finding the murderer. They had his semen from the rape, so they had the DNA. Wow. But there's no D. But if you're not in a DNA base, it's useless. You had to be arrested or for some for something right. to give DNA. Yes. So they had no match for 40 years, but they don't have to match now. They can do it via iso- isolating relatives. So if they know your cousin they can find you. It, 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 I can't explain it, but it's mind-boggling that they can identify. And it's mostly done for kids who are adopted and want to find birth parents, for people who want to f- figure out uh, patrimony. Uh, was it really the, the biological father or was it uh, the milkman, as they used to say? A- anyway, they, after 35 years... They found this guy who has led a pretty upright life. Yes, the forever witness. Oh, that is Edward Hume's. Yeah. It's it's riveting. And I I when 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 he's described, he was a terrible kid. He tortured animals, which is always a giveaway, you're gonna hurt people. It's 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 like almost inevitable. And did you torture animals as a kid? Did I torture animals as a kid? It being conceivable. So, this free will issue is very, very tough. That's all I'm saying.
2: It is tough. I mean, wh- Why? You know, I just want to say to God, like, wh- oh, it's a, why there are a did lot of you, qu-
1: yeah. So you, you and my wife,
2: why did you create yes, some people this well, way? Well,
1: well, that's right. It is rough. But but the only thing I can say, there's a Hebrew saying in the Talmud, the second holiest work of Judaism after the Bible, that human nature is the poison, mm-hmm. and the Torah is the antidote. That's exactly how they put it, and that's what I believe. Whatever you made me believe what, it. Whatever your nature, you take this Torah seriously, you'll you'll be a a decent human being, maybe even a really good one,
2: and that is why I love religion, and that is why I love conservatism, because that to me is the most empowering idea in the world.
1: I know. I heard you say it on your broadcast.
2: It is. It is. I mean, yes. that is the coolest I idea. I am happy. So I'll I'll tell everyone we share a set. My set's right over there, and Dennis and and uh, Dennis and Julie set, but primarily your show is here. And so when I started out doing Timeless, I wanted Dennis to leave the room because I was self-conscious. But then did you hear it from sitting here and listening, or did you hear it by listening after? I heard it by listening. Oh, after. Oh. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, I allowed you to stay yesterday when I was filming, so... I'm getting more comfortable you, you with are, you staying yeah. here. But you were,
1: at, you, were, uh, you were interviewing. Yes. I wouldn't have stayed at all if he was solo. I, I, don't, cause I don't know. You'll have to tell me your comfort level. But you will be.
0: You can say you'll, you'll, you'll be I'm able to ignore my
1: presence and I won't make noises. <laughs> and I won't go. That's
2: <coughs> the thing. That's the thing. He will make noise. No, your newspapers. Whenever you're Oh, reading, please.
1: You- I read newspapers silently as a cat walks. Anyway, sure. uh, it, 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 it is it is one of the questions, and I just before we go, I just want to echo your point about God. God could have made us, without doubt, have in His existence, could have made us any way He wants, or or, or made His presence clear at every at, at, at every second, like like at least biblically to Moses or Christians to Jesus, uh, but. Uh, Obviously chose not to. Because if there was no doubt that there was a God, if you couldn't doubt it any more than I doubt you are there, what f- what free will would we have then? It's, it's like, what free will do you have to speed if there were three highway patrol cars next to you? you I mean, theoretically you have freedom, but it, of course you don't.
2: I mean, I know it sounds stupid to say because it's obvious, but I just love talking about this stuff. And I think about think about all of the people who never consider these issues nature doubt it, it, I, mean,
1: I know c- can you imagine uh, it, how painful. stale and brittle I, 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 and desiccating yes, and yes don't don't start desert
2: y their their lives are and by the way that was that i mean i always had curiosity about these things and i thought about them but
1: you can imagine my first 10 years of radio how happy i was my only well it wasn't my only show but i started gradually i had my own show there Within a few years, but my started I was the moderator of a priest, rabbi, minister for two religion hours. Religion on the line, yes. right? And different ones each week. So I love talking religion. So do you, do you realize I, I'm 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 32 years mm-hmm. old, which to you is relatively older, but it's still very young, and I'm being paid on the biggest talk station uh, uh, west of the Rockies and the second biggest in America to talk religion, to clergy of all faiths. <laughs> and I'm thinking like you're thinking. I'm, I'm paid to do this. I know.
2: I <laughs> mean, we were I want to make it clear. We work very hard. Oh, yeah. It no, I deserved but it, but it doesn't matter still. I know, still. Yes. It's so fun. And I, I just I, yes. I think about the date thing, the ethical monotheism, dateline. Oh, that me, you me trying God, to pick up a girl. Me? That is me on dates. I'm just like, so do you believe in God? Why not? Or why? Or did, you know, I have and to. And it's odd that
1: th- that they would find that problematic.
2: I honestly think they think I'm weird.
1: Yeah. Well, you are oh, an wow. outlier. <laughs> I wouldn't call you weird. But you're certainly not the norm. Ditto. Okie
2: you can reach me at julie at julie-hartman.com. Again, I'm so sorry I can't respond to each of you, but I read everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I thank you so much for writing. And I pass it along to Dennis, too, some emails, and he enjoys reading them. I,
1: I, I, I love reading them.
2: Yes. We, we both this, find this, such joy in it. This
1: show is very important to me, the Dennis and Julie thing. It is not just another show for me.
2: Well, if only you knew how important it is to me And how much it's changed my I mean, again, it's going back to what we were saying a minute ago Yes, I view it as a job But I also don't Well, of course I not I mean, it's yes. it's just Right It's so, I feel like it's like a seminar on it's, on it, life
1: It is a seminar on life That's a good way to to actually uh, it's a, Yeah, that's a Dennis and Julie I may I may use that term, that's a good one
2: Thank you We'll go with that <laughs> You're welcome so, you can follow this seminar on life show at Dennis Julie Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and Dennis and Julie Podcast on Facebook. Maybe if we change the name one day, which I don't think we should do, we could call it Seminar on Life, or maybe it could be a subtitle.
1: That's right. I agree.
2: See you next time. Bye.